0: Sheree!
1: Sheree! Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. We have a really cool guest. You know him from The Magician's Ugly Betty, Covert Affairs, and now starring on the really funny show, Insatiable. Please welcome, Chris Gorham. Hi. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. It's nice I'm to be I'm a big invited. fan. I think you're so funny and nice. talented. Not only in funniness, but in everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I said that, but the truth is, the thing is, if you can do comedy, you can freaking do drama.
0: It's true. Well, it's it was, it's was it been a really interesting uh, facet to my career, is that I've, I've gone back and forth between dramas and comedies. And Uh, whichever genre I've just completed um, is the only genre anyone thinks I'm capable of doing
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing because it's so true for everybody it's such a it's such a narrow yeah, idea.
0: It's so for a for an industry that's based on creativity, it's always shocking how <laughs> uncreative um, so many people are. It's
1: crazy, um, but the fact really is truthful. If you yeah. can do comedy, you can make that easy adjustment to drama. Yeah, the yeah. other way around, not so much. No, it's so not you've not proven true. yourself that you are capable of all facets in this industry.
0: I spent the beginning of my career doing all the dramas. Well, I guess popular was Ryan Murphy's first show. You oh, could, yes. You could cut, say was a dramedy. Yes. Um, but I literally could not get an audition for a comedy. Like, they wouldn't see me. Um, Even when you were on the show popular. Yeah. Until I got an audition for a CBS sitcom called Out of Practice, uh, which I booked. Yeah. And so then I was on a sitcom for a year. And that show. Wait, uh, let me
1: just. So you yep. could not. You were on the show, popular. Right. Then you had you. They were. You were trying to get in. That you finally got in for your very first one, and it, you got it. Yeah. Crazy. Right. Crazy. And so, <laughs> yes. And so then
0: I do a sitcom for a year. Um, it ends, uh, and then. Uh, my agents are like, yeah, we're having trouble getting you in on the dramas because now everyone thinks you're just a comedy <laughs> guy. <laughs> it's like, I couldn't believe it. It's, like, it's been literally 12 months and, and there's no institutional memory at all. Um, that
1: is so funny. But speaking of know, comedy and drama, what do you think is the adjustment vocally, emotionally that you have to adjust for multicam, single cam, and then drama? You know, it's funny. I, I kept getting note early on during out of practice. Um, Joe
0: Keenan, uh, who was one of the co-creators of Out of Practice, it was Joe Keenan and Chris Lloyd, and they'd just come off of Frasier. Mm. They've won all the Emmys and made Mm -hmm. all the money. Um, and so I tended to take seriously their notes. (laughs) I felt (laughs) like they maybe knew what they were talking about. (laughs) Um, but Joe kept coming up to me and he said, listen, you look angry sometimes. (laughs) Like you look angry, and it's less
1: funny. Like you can be angry without looking angry. (laughs) It's true. It's that right? Yes, because you have to love every feeling that you're having when you're doing comedy. Yes, Um,
0: and so that took a minute to to kind of sink in, Um, but it's an important. So all the
1: intensity of your drama was trickling in. Yeah, I was
0: really furious with my brother and sister.
1: (laughs) But you have to be uppity Mm -hmm. with your brother and sister. So it's like that little twinkle in your eye. Game on in comedy. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit more playful. Yeah. Yeah. So what? That's so. That's the adjustment. So did you feel like there was any kind of vocal and doing the flips and lilting up, or was it more emotionally based in truth?
0: For me, it was more emotionally based. um, Good. As it should be. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then, in Insatiable now, uh, it's I'm essentially playing a cartoon character like this is <laughs> like he. But there's truth to him always, yeah, which is so like the, him. which is the uh, what's so brilliant about that show. You know, in particular, the end of the first season, like I've never had to be more ridiculous um and yet more emotionally true and vulnerable in the same episode with mm. the same character mm. in my entire career
1: how did you how did you prepare and deliver
0: you know i i just i'm always at you always ask yourself like what are the, the who what when where why's of, of each scene and mm-hmm. each episode um But then, you know, it was all about breaking it down and finding just the emotional truth for this guy, like why he's doing what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, uh, the big joke uh, with Bob Barnard is my character, Insatiable. His big joke in the first season, is he takes his shirt off every episode. (laughs) It's completely ridiculous. Like he's he's a a district attorney, and they're at a crime scene. I'm laughing
1: because I've seen it. Yeah,
0: they're at a crime scene, and before they go into this scene where the you know the hotel room has been burned to a crisp, he takes his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> so you laugh at yourself. It's yeah, so good it's it's, Yeah, but it's ridiculous. So but fun. like you get to the end of the season and you're you know or midway through the season and you find out why he's been doing this every episode and, and you discover that it's not just you know To do it. To do it. Like there's an emotional reason that he's, he's after something. Yes. What is um,
1: it? Can you say?
0: Oh, yeah, he's after Bob Armstrong. He's after the man that he's been in love with since he was 14 years old, you know? (laughs) And so, like, he's a peacock, right? Like, he's peacocking in front of, you know, the man of his dreams, um, trying to get attention.
1: So when you work as an actor, do you substitute personally or just use your vivid imagination or you're just it's going both. for the play? You come I think it's good because that's what I teach a combination. Yeah,
0: I think it's both because sometimes sometimes you don't have anything personally in your life right. to draw from. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's where having a really vivid imagination and getting really specific with that stuff can be really helpful um, because I think you know the emotional memories that you have are deep rooted and based on real things in your life. Totally. Um, but Uh, you can create those things in your mind as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes you you have to do that.
1: 100%. So when you read the script and you're like, this is crazy, did you immediately, innately just go, okay, I have to figure out, even if it wasn't in the script, why he does this that has some core, deeper meaning? Well, sometimes yes. Uh, Other times
0: um, you just do it because he does it. Right. Like other times, because sometimes you don't know the reason. And so if you need to make up a reason to justify it in your own mind, fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes you you do it because the script says you do it. Mm. Um, You know, you don't always have the luxury of the justification, particularly, you know. But just
1: some inkling that so you don't feel silly. Yeah. So, a, so you feel like there's a reason because there always has to be a reason. Yes, but also like I have to say like how I feel
0: personally about each moment in a scene
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, is not really all that important
1: <laughs> as long as the
0: audience is feeling what they're supposed to be feeling.
1: Interesting. You know. But can't do? The, don't you have to feel that feeling to convey it to the audience well, to I, evoke a certain feeling? I don't think that's
0: always true. Actually. Interesting. Because I've I've had plenty of experiences where I felt great. And I felt like I nailed it and I felt totally connected. Mm -hmm. And that's not the take they used because it didn't work, you know, or it didn't work within the scene that they were building or, you know, in editing, like the moments that I felt so connected and great just don't cut with whatever else they're doing. So so just sometimes it doesn't work out that way.
1: So let's cut back, because I know we were right into Chaval and your yeah. wonderful work on that show, but how did you get started in this crazy business? Were you always an actor? Were you, did you study it in college? What Tell us your story.
0: Um, I started as a kid in Fresno, mm. in school, like doing monologue competitions and mm. plays in elementary school, and, um, and got some recognition for it as a kid, mm. and so liked that attention and felt like I was good at it and was being encouraged. Uh, um, so started pursuing it there, and we had a, a dinner theater in Fresno called Roger Rocca's Music Hall, where I love it. <laughs> it where it, like as a young kid, I could go and perform. Uh, you know, they had they do did musicals, right? Are you saying? Uh, yeah. Oh. And so uh, as a mm. younger kid, I did uh, like the pre-show. There, I was in the junior company. Yes. Um, and we had some pretty talented people come through there. Audrey McDonald being one of them. Oh. Oh, She's sure. incredible. Another.
1: Oh, another incredible.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, so, uh, so that's like I was working with those, <laughs> with them, like <laughs> as a kid, um, and had some great examples. Like Audra, you know, I, I was doing the pre-show for her production of Evita when she was 18. And,
1: oh my goodness. You know, so i like
0: then just stay and watch her Evita and just be blown away. Yeah. It was incredible. So you've always had a pull
1: towards it. Like It's yeah. almost like you didn't change your course.
0: No, I really didn't. I, like, I decided that's what I wanted to do as a kid. Um, you know, I was very fortunate that, you know, my parents, my mom in particular, was supportive, mm. you know, would drive me to the rehearsals mm-hmm. and drive me to the shows and...
1: You do need a support team.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: 1,000%.
0: Um, And then the deal was uh, uh, I had to get a a BA. I had to get a bachelor's degree.
1: That was the deal with your parents. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Um, Okay. So I went uh, to UCLA for college. I auditioned for their theater program Mm -hmm. and got in. And Mm -hmm. then then in my freshman year, uh, they announced that they were starting a conservatory program at UCLA. Yeah. Now, I had avoided conservatory programs for college because I was required to get a bachelor's degree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you didn't really want to go to college. BFA you wanted didn't to get count. out there and do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. BFA didn't count. So I had to get a BA. Um, <laughs> so I landed at UCLA. Also, I really wanted to go to football games and basketball games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, But then during my freshman year, they announced that they were starting a conservatory program within UCLA, Mm -hmm. where you still get your BA, but it's a fully-fledged conservatory. Amazing. So I re-auditioned, got into that, and so for my last three years, had conservatory training. Um, And then we did a showcase my senior year, and I got an agent out of that. with Silver Mercedes Atmary, and um, Greg Melman over there was my first agent. Amazing. And that's how I started. And what was your
1: very first job? My very
0: first job was a film uh, directed by Danny Boyle called A Life Less Ordinary hmm. um, where I played a gas station attendant named Walt <laughs> uh, opposite Ewan McGregor and Cameron Diaz. Oh
1: my goodness. I
0: know, and it was the... F- <laughs> but
1: wait, this is your very... How very, very first did, gig. That's how but, I got my but card. But how long did it take to get that first gig? Did you uh, feel the like the first
0: year. Within great. the first year. So you've yeah. had
1: a pretty easy... I mean, there's highs and Listen, lows. Listen,
0: relatively... Uh, yes. Very easy beginning. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I was very fortunate. Like, I had... You know, I lucked into like a quality boutique agency yeah, right out of the fantastic. Game. Um and they really worked hard for me. Um, I got that gig in a major motion picture as my first job. So exciting! Um, had a great experience. It was the very first day of production on the movie, and that my scene was the first scene up. Oh my goodness! So like, I was there at the beginning, and it, like. And they all treated me like I was part of the family, even though I was gone after lunch <laughs> and they never saw me again. But you know, so for funny. that six hours, yeah, like I felt like I was a part of that film.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and having done, having that be my first credit, I think opened some doors for me. Mm. Um, and then my second job, uh, I was an episode of Spy Game. John oh, Mcnamara hired yes. me, where I played uh, a young. Marine, the youngest-looking and skinniest Marine that's ever been in the Marines, um, and his evil robot twin. That's mm-hmm. crazy. So that was my second job. But um, so
1: so it's been so after you got that, was there a momentum? You felt like there's a momentum, and then did you ever have, have a cycle? Which I talk to actors about that you have that cycle that all of a sudden you're working and things are going great. You have your training, you know how to create character, and you're doing the same thing, and then you don't book. Has that ever happened to you?
0: Yeah, it happened after Cobra Affairs, didn't it?
1: tell tell us so Covert Affairs was was on for how many
0: Covert Affairs was on for five years okay Um, and it was my eighth show Mm. Um, and I worked pretty consistently up up through that show finished that show and like kind of couldn't get arrested for almost two years
1: what happened? Were you still going out? Were people yeah. so? After you get off a show, you still have to audition. Yeah, you don't just get offered another no, no, show. No, no. no, you start from the very beginning. Correct.
0: Again. Every time. Every time. Like Ty Burrell and I used to joke about it all the time. It's like <laughs> while you're on a show, you are, like you're treated like a king. You know, like <laughs> everybody you kisses your ass. Like there's not you can't you can do no wrong. And the second that it's over, you're just another fucking actor.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> Which he doesn't say with disdain. No, he but, like, all the actors, but there's a like but like that's
0: the attitude. Like that's what it. feels like. It's an emotional
1: like. roller coaster.
0: That's what it feels like. You know, yeah. when you walk into a room and you're no longer on a sh- on a show or on a film. You know what I mean? Yes, you're no I longer, do. Like that's that's what it feels. But so like.
1: let's get back to that cycle. So yeah. so after that show. Then you started going out for things. You yep. didn't feel like you were doing anything differently, but no. nobody was responding. And how did that affect you emotionally?
0: It was re- it was really hard. Yeah. Like, you get into a cycle. And for me, we were talking about this a little before we started, but, you know, I, I'm married. I have three kids. Mm-hmm. My oldest is on the spectrum and has special needs. And... and uh, and we're a single-income family. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife, Anel, was an actress for many years. beautiful
1: and incredibly talented yes. and should be acting again. Yes. That's a side note. Yes. Well, you yes. know, it's,
0: that's the thing where it's the unfortunate kind of reality of our, uh, of our home and our family. It just it yes. kind of made that impossible mm-hmm. after a while. Um, so, the so the pressure, pressure yes. of providing for a family, you know, living in Los Angeles, um, is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, things had been going fine and we, you know, I just came off a show where I was working for five years and the perception after that is, oh, well you've made it,
1: mm.
0: right? Um, what, but the reality is I wasn't able to start saving money mm-hmm. until year f- four of that show. Oh my
1: goodness. Um, there, people do have a, uh, mis- perceived idea that when you're on a series that all of a sudden you're gold. You're yes. fine. You're financially stable. Everything's yes. good. They don't yes. take into consideration family, children, Correct. residual, I mean, no payments the to that, the managers you know, and the agents and the lawyers. We have,
0: I have a... a, a home and a household that I'm maintaining in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and then that show filmed in Toronto Mm -hmm. which is another very expensive city Mm -hmm. where I have to put myself up Mm -hmm. and because I have kids and a wife I'm flying back and forth frequently Mm -hmm. to make sure that I maintain my kids and my wife yeah. okay but
1: cut to so you went on the cycle you know? so yeah. what do you do emotionally to help lift yourself back up and stay on your dream path and not feel like you're being the rejection is going to, to negate your work
0: right uh, it was it was tough because i don't think that i really started i really knew what was going on until about a year in yeah Um, when I sat down with my agent and, you know, he had a really frank conversation with me and said, listen, I, my feeling is, is that you're going into these rooms a little desperate. Ah. He said, I, I mean, I don't know that this is true. He's like, this is just my feeling is that like it, people can tell you need the job
1: Mm.
0: and it's not,
1: it's, which is very important to say because once you do that, no one is going to give you that job. No. So that sense of power and self is huge. Yes, yes. And so that was really hard to hear. Yeah. Did you feel it, though? Did you feel it? Well, I had
0: to take a really hard look at it yeah. because I um, I didn't feel like I was doing that, but I really had to take that feedback.
1: So that's like a knife, oh. You know? To hear it, to feel it, yeah, it's and like, then God, I want to rise your...
0: above it. Yeah, maybe that's right. You know, Mm -hmm. I was like, maybe that's right. Mm -hmm. And so then it's, then it became, all right, well, how, (laughs) and then that's a tough thing, right? I mean, that's, that's a really, that's a really tough challenge because one, it's true. Nobody, uh, that's not an attractive energy. Yeah. Um,
1: but it's really vulnerable for you to talk about it right now because I don't think people understand that once you're off a show, there is, (laughs) you know, there's needs and desires to get that next job. Yeah. And, and you're not any different than any other actor no. that's going in. No, no. So what did you do? How did you work out? Did you do yoga? Did you go inside yourself? Did you accept? You know, that you weren't working, and right. I don't know. Tell me. Uh, what was your path? I don't. <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> I didn't have one. <laughs> the, no, the
0: real like I don't know. It's I haven't. I mean, the honest answer is I, I haven't really thought about it since then. But like, so, so but now think about the it now. Yeah. Um, I, I think I did a couple of things. I think I had to take a good hard look at um, what I was doing, about how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. I think I, you know, I, I work out all the time anyway because it's like half of my career now has become. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but working out has is become
0: so good. Uh, yeah. um, just uh, uh, about my physicality. But. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think also what I did is I grew a beard, huh. if I'm honest. Interesting. I think I grew a beard because I felt like um, uh, I was falling into an a, a weird age gap. Because hmm. um, I would go into rooms. Yes, okay, so here's what happened. Here's what I just I saw a light bulb going. in your yep. head. Um, yes. So here's what, I went in to test for a pilot. Uh and every time... i booked almost every time i tested, right? Mm. I think maybe twice I didn't. Which um, is amazing. Uh, and this time I went in, and it was for... I don't remember the name of the show. The point is, uh, I was playing... The character was a guy, like, in his late 20s. I was 40 mm. or 39, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I look young. Mm-hmm. I've always looked young. Mm-hmm. Yes. Particularly when I'm clean-shaven, I yeah. look much younger than I am. Mm-hmm. It was a very, like, it was an edgy guy, so I, like, put on fake tattoos. Mm. And, like, literally, I walked in uh, with fake tattoos on, and the casting director was, like, hitting on me. It was the weirdest thing. It was the <laughs> weirdest thing. Like, it was uncomfortable, and it was like, wow... She was like, ooh, are those new? Or those... Where'd you get those? And I was like, "Namie, like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, yeah, I put it on this morning. Didn't hurt at all. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Um, but, like, something clicked. Like, like, they saw me differently. And suddenly, before I knew it, I was testing for this part. Mm. And I went in to test for the studio. And then it didn't go any further, which has never happened. And uh, I was like, what happened? And they they came back to my uh, reps and they said well the girl that they hired to play your romantic you know co-lead on mm-hmm. the show is 22 years old mm. and they looked you up <laughs> and they're concerned <laughs> that you're too old to be dating which her which is uh, yes right?
1: i understand yes which of is of course absolutely correct yes absolutely
0: absolutely correct but what that told me was Like, in the age of IMDb and all of this stuff, like, I need to look my age, Mm -hmm. or at least closer to my Mm -hmm. age.
1: And go out for more appropriate.
0: Yes, because, like, I think I'm, people are confused. Yes. And so I'm going out for things I'm not really right for. So I grew a beard, um, and then uh, went in to read, like, Last Minute for Two Broke Girls, uh, and booked it. And, and that kind did. of and
1: how long was that? That was a two and year it, cycle?
0: No, that was ended up it started out just to be four three or four episodes and then it turned No, into before a, you booked after book Of the cycle of not getting I mean it was almost it was like a year and a half. That's a long time. Learning.
1: That is a as a single income family, yeah. that is a very, very long time. Yeah. So
0: Yeah. And then during Two Broke Girls, wearing the beard is when I auditioned for ins- the
1: Insatiable pilot. So everything like just turned. So yeah. it's because of the beard, so nothing else that you beard. did. You did nothing except grow a beard. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> sometimes you got to dig deep, and sometimes you got to go on the well, external. Well, it was also like it, I hear what you're saying. It was both. <laughs> yeah. Like it, yeah. was external, it was the external, but it was
0: also just acknowledging that um, you know that I've aged out of a lot of the parts that I well, really all of the parts that I had been playing up mm-hmm. until then. Um,
1: but it's okay, right? Because it just turns well, it you just into is. A, yeah, it. Yeah, it just is. Yeah. And yeah. so, so you've led yourself into insatiable. You're having a blast doing that show. Yeah. And um, what's some advice that you can give some actors on their path of, you know, their journey to become, you know, good actors? What would you say? Training, you know. Yeah. What
0: is it? Well, uh, obviously, like training is very important like you know just so that you know what you're doing um for me uh I I, it's funny because I started directing a few years ago and so Mm. now when I give advice to actors it's like I feel like I've got one foot in both camps Mm. because on the actor side what I want to tell them is um know who you are Mm -hmm. but also know how people see you Mm. and don't fight that because you can't win that battle, Mm. you know, like you can't win the way that people see you. Mm -hmm. Um, and the only way to really change that is to go out and do your own stuff because you know, that's these days Mm -hmm. it's easier than ever. Mm -hmm. Um, but also it's kind of the only way to get out of the box that other people are putting you in, Mm -hmm. you know, if that's important to you, if that's Mm -hmm. what you feel like you need to do. Um, from the directing side, um, I would say, like, the training is great, uh, the passion is great, feeling it is great, but at the end of the day, like, what we need you to do when you show up mm-hmm. is know your lines, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Know your lines and and know how to do your job, like, be able to get in there and, and deliver. Tell the story. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, there's nothing more frustrating... You know, even from the actor side too is, is when you're working with someone who is unprepared um, and or inflexible.
1: Yes malleable yeah you have to be but that's about also it's about knowing in your training I would think that how to decipher and tell the story on the page and create the life of the character of course it's your essence yeah. you know in it but if you don't understand the story then you can't possibly learn The words that have a reason. Yeah. In my opinion.
0: Yeah. Well, and I would also too, like you know, be like, have a good enough imagination that because sometimes you're going to ask a director or you're going to ask a writer, like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're not going to have a good answer either.
1: And do you think actors should ask questions on set?
0: it depends. I mean, it depends. It really yeah. depends on the question, right? right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on who you are. It depends on the place, and it yeah. depends on the question. <laughs> yeah. um, like, you have to be able to read the room. Um, but if you... But in general, yeah, it's okay to ask questions. I mean, you're there. You're a part of the team. And, mm-hmm. and uh, if you don't understand something, um, particularly if it's important to you doing your job correctly... Um, or if there's a safety issue, for God's sake, like, yeah, you should speak mm-hmm. up and feel free to ask a question. Um, but I, I think also, like, you've got to know, particularly when you're just starting out um, or if you're just there, if you're a guest, mm-hmm. you know, like, you have to know that it's not about you.
1: Where your place is. Yeah.
0: You have to know, like, where you fit in in this team of people that are doing it and, and know that more than anything... Um, they want you to succeed, but they but they, they they need you to do it like within the time frame that is allotted for you to do that.
1: Of course, because yeah. time is money. Yeah. So I always talk to actors about being courteously aggressive. Because yeah. I believe that you should go for your dreams one thousand percent and and be courteous in it, but desire it so much that you're you're you know, you don't stop yourself from for asking. So have no. you ever experienced being courteously aggressive in your career? I, I think it's kind of how I
0: I mean, I've never phrased it that way, but I've kind of been like, I've just kind of liked that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, um, I've i always been kind to everybody that I work with. Mm, so important. Um, I, but I, I've spoken up since, I mean, I remember I did a guest star on CSI early in my career mm-hmm. and just had like I had this monologue that just I was having a hard time with and Mm -hmm. so I asked the writer and we started talking about it and he's like well why don't you just take a crack at it while we're setting up whatever and then come back I mean and I literally rewrote the monologue and showed it to him and he was like yeah great do that wow you know so (laughs) it's like (laughs) incredible yeah Yeah. and so if you it's all kind of in the approach right Mm -hmm. like if it's like collaborative, it's not coming from a needy place. Like I need or to be heard or pay place. attention to me. Yeah, exactly. Or a demanding place. If it's coming from a collaborative place, yes. like, you know, help me understand this. Like, uh, you know, help me understand because mm-hmm. I want to. I want this to work. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I be helpful? So
1: you're basically saying that you're coming from a really open, kind place, and never speak badly about people, of course. And yeah, and just you're just in a collaborative place. Yeah. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I'm so happy to have you on today. That's oh, a pleasure. Thank you so much. No problem. Um, have a great holiday. Send my love you. to you your too. gorgeous wife. I Thank will. So she sends her love back. And you guys watch Insatiable. It's really, really funny. It's really it's it's funny, but it's it's got core. It's yeah. got core. Yeah. That's yeah. what's so great about it. it for because so for me for comedy, it's always better when it's grounded in, you know. The, in the internal yeah. secrets of the yeah, life yeah, of that yeah. character. Yeah, exactly. So, what's up for 2020? Let us let's close out with something inspirational for everybody to hear about you, about life, about something.
0: Oh, great. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. It's, uh, we're going to be starting fresh in 2020, and um, you know, looking for what the next project's going to be. I'm excited right now because I'm uh, I'm filming a parent party video at my daughter's elementary school. What's
1: that?
0: (laughs) So every year, they do a big parent party fundraiser. Oh. And every year, the parents, uh, one one or a group of the parents puts together a video to get all the parents excited about the parent party. (laughs) And so this year, because they've all found out that I'm in the industry, they've nominated me to do the parent party video. (laughs) I'm very competitive. So... (laughs) So we're shooting a black and white silent film with a few <laughs> of the children from the school. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be filming that on Thursday, and I'm actually really excited that's about it. so, <laughs>
1: so adorable. <laughs> yeah, I love It's it. going to be great. Oh, my God. it's yeah, yeah. incredible. Family. Family's everything.
0: Yeah, that's right. All right.
1: Best of luck to you. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. Stay courteously aggressive. Have a great holiday. See you in 2020.
0: See you in 2020.